Now, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the WPTF Weekend Gardener. Mike Rayleigh here. And uh, Phil Campbell is there. And Rufus Edmonston is way down there. We're at in Lillington. What a pretty drive going through Calibut Springs. And where else did we go? Kitchell. Kittrell, that's right. Went no, not Kittrell. Kemp, uh, Kipling. Kipling, yeah. I'm sorry. Kittrell's on the other end. Went through Kipling yep. and uh, and Calibut Springs, and we were debating as to uh, the, about the name of Calibut, where that came from. So we're going to have to, maybe somebody will call us and let us know. But we're, we're in Lillington at a uh, historic place. J.E. Wumble and Sons have been here for uh, generations, decades, and... Uh, if they don't have it, you don't need it. It's just as simple <laughs> yeah. as that, right, Rufus? Absolutely. Yeah, even got a little. Is that a plow? Yes. That's sort of a little plow gizmo there. You, that's that's for sandy soil. That's for sandy soil. They yeah, do have sandy soil here, or or either a, a soil with a lot of sand in it, because yeah. that particular plow. Uh, it's not hooked to a mule or anything else. You have to. Push or no that. motor. You got to push uh, it. That's right. Well, old Tommy kind. You know the humidity is pretty nice today. It's nice. We it's we had a cold front come through. We had a yeah. sprinkle of rain, a little bit of uh, yeah. thunder yesterday, but uh, rain didn't amount to very much for us. I think uh, north and uh, every all around us. I've, well, I've noticed uh, just like so many times, yeah. it, it everything seems to evaporate before it gets to us. Or go around us. Yeah, so we, I don't know if it's the heat from the city or. We left or the house though and went up towards Cary and up around Lowe's and Home Depot and South Hills. There was tons of um, there was tons of water up there in the road and it was running down the the gutters and everything. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, it, it, Rufus, did you get some? Did you get something out of your uh, palatial estate? Oh, nothing. I, I'm more concerned about. Humility that I am humidity. <laughs> what we need is more humility. All right. Well, I, I can't world. do anything about that. But uh, can't do much about the humidity either. I can't can do anything about the humidity. <laughs> I'm just uh, hearing something this morning about the the uh, so turbulence, uh, airplane turbulence, and uh, you know, global warming and all that stuff. So, yeah, we're talking about uh, watering. I, that's I, all I need when I fly yeah. in a plane. I, I have found, Phil, that in my tomatoes that are in pots, you just about have to water them every day. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, Silverio does the ones at the house. He um, he waters those, and we have some uh, some with vegetable boxes and garden boxes, and he, he waters those almost every day. Well, he does water them every day right now. Mm-hmm. There's um, When there's not much humidity in the air, and we haven't had that much lately it takes takes the water up really fast and i don't like to water all the beds at night but or late in the afternoon or early early well early in the morning's fine but uh, lately it's just uh, there's been so much wind 
that it just blows the water right off of them and it, it doesn't fall in the plants. So you have to have to be careful with your irrigation system and when it's coming on because it might not really be going on your plants. That's very true. I so, Somebody, uh, Christine, um, our vice president for programming and, and news, sent me this uh, about poison hemlock being discovered growing in several locations in Orange County. Now, I know hemlocks are something that, I don't know, how, how's the, the hemlock crop in the mountain, Rufus? And I don't know if this is a different type, different form of hemlock. Well, I don't but think I know it's the hemlock a, trees. Yeah, the, the hemlock they're talking about was used in, in ancient Greece to kill somebody. Yeah. It's conium uh, maculatum, cornium maculatum, and it's no uh, like uh, deadly hemlock, Nebraska fern, poison fools, parsley, California fern, uh, a lot of different names, but it's highly toxic, and it is, uh, they have found it in multiple areas in Orange County on Highway 70 between Eflin and Hillsboro. Hmm. And uh, the vicinity of Lloyd Farm, Highway 70A between Churton Road and Highway 86 South, Miller Road, Gov- Governor Burke Road, and in the vicinity of Squares, Squires Road. So, I, you know, that's uh, it's kind of distressing. I don't know. I, I, I suppose it's invasive. I hope it's. I hope it's not. I don't know how it's turned up, but it has to be somewhat invasive. But I don't know that. Uh, yeah, I've got. I got photos here. Yeah, I guess the bad uh, news but, about it. But if y'all, it, uh, yeah, it's also poison are, to livestock. Yeah, and there are look-alike plants that are similar, like uh, the Queen Anne's lace, mm-hmm. was probably blooming right now, and elderberry. So, Mark, Mark Bumgardner, who was on the show uh, a couple of weeks ago, alerted us, to the, uh, a lot of people, to this. And uh, Christine picked up on it. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of troubling. So, so look, you, you say it looks like Queen Anne's Lace? Yeah, it says it looks oh, like elderberry and, and Queen, Queen Anne's Lace. But there are photos there, and I don't know if this is on the Orange County Extension Service. If you'll, if you'll Google the, the uh, hemlock fern or, or uh, the poison hemlock being in, in Orange County, you, you could probably find, you might be able to find this article. If not, the Orange County Extension Service might have it on their website. So uh, something to something to be aware of as you're going through the woods. I don't know mm. if you, if it's something that you would have to ingest. I would assume it would be, or if you can just rub up against it and then you get some on your skin, or or what the nature of it is. But uh, just wanted to make you aware of it. And also we had had a, had a listener ask about uh, this. We've got a contest that's going on, the Wild Birds Unlimited, and I was going to 
going to read it uh, several times this morning anyway, but our friends at Wild Birds Unlimited in Cary and Raleigh have given something to attract the colorful birds, keep the pesky squirrels away. So go to WPTF.com to enter and win a squirrel buster feeder and sunflower chips from Wild Birds Unlimited. The drawing will be held June 19th, and uh, that's always uh, those squirrel buster feeders work pretty well, so you'd uh, be in good shape. So just Go to WPTF.com. I think it's a contest tab there that you can punch on and and hope you win. We'll mention this uh, other time. I think uh, Celeste, uh, Celeste uh, contact us about that. 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. Uh, we are in Lillington, and we were here last year and had such a a great time. Uh, Ray Wumble is not able to be with us this morning, but we have uh, other folks from from the uh, from J.E. Wumbles, folks who take care of the the plants here and the steel products and the lawnmowers and all of the uh, things that that is involved with gardening here. Uh, and I think uh, former Congressman Bob Etheridge, who uh, is in charge of Farm Services, uh, Federal Farm Services Administration in North Carolina, who lives here, uh, will might stop by this morning. So, 919-860-9783. So, Phil, uh, you brought some plants this morning. Why don't we start with that? I did. Um, I brought, most of them are perennials. Well, the all but one, I mean, one of them, if it doesn't get below 20, uh, degrees is a perennial, but uh, a lot of people have it to come back. The, uh, the first one we have this morning is the hardy begonia. It's the begonia grandis, um, and it has a pink bloom on it uh, when it blooms, and this is actually a perennial begonia. And you don't see it, or I don't see it very often, but we decided Lane had, uh, had the idea to bring some in. He always, he and Dan, uh, my, I call him Dan Fairground or Dan Wholesale, you know Dan. Um, anyway, they they wanted to uh, they they bring in some really uh, good products. Well, Dan is a plants person. He is, isn't he? Um, so uh, we've got and then we've got some Onotheria, uh, which is actually um, you know some of the some of them. Um, let me get my glasses. Some of the uh, can't you see people, the plants? Yeah, I can see the, the plant. I can see the plant. <laughs> a lot of people call these um, evening primrose. Uh, we have a, the yellow uh, variety here, and then we have some Asclepias. We have um, actually the um, the red Asclepias, and we and it's about to pop open uh, for the butterflies. And then we have the yellow as well. Is that, is that now? That that is not a milkweed, is it? Yes. Yes, they're both. That, that is both a milkweed. Yes, they are. Yeah, they are all milkweeds. Thank you, and Nate. Then, um, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And then we have um, this one. Actually, does have a bloom starting out on it. This is Spigelia, and it actually looks like fireworks or something when it starts to bloom out. It's got a beautiful. Maybe it'll pop out a little bit more, sitting here in the sun. And then, of course, Gara. All of these are great for butterflies, hummingbirds, and that sort of thing. The Gara, this is the ballerina rose. And then, uh, of course, the Coreopsis moonbeam. Uh, and 
I'll tell you, I've never seen Coreopsis do that well in the spring, and I'm I'm sure it must be because of the cooler. Well, I think everything is done well this year. Yeah, that it usually stays very small, and we have trouble trying to get it to grow out. So well, that's a different foliage too. It's beautiful, generally from it? Coreopsis. Right, it's just it's gorgeous. And then is it more adapted for our climate? This I mean, one, is it a hybrid? Well, this one's moonbeam, so. Yeah. It's it's one of the older like the old oh, okay. older well, goldies, but it's yeah. you know, and then we have one that that not too many people um, have. I don't think I haven't seen it around very often. We we grow it late in the um, late in the season because a lot of people like it, and it does better when it gets hot. It's more of a, a it is a perennial uh, because it'll take it down to twenty, but uh, it's a tender perennial, I guess. It's the Justica cornea, and it's some people call it the pink shrimp plant. It it blooms like a shrimp plant, and then it has a little. Pretty soon, this will fall. The the seed part will fall down. Well, it's about to now. There you go. And it looks like a little shrimp. It yeah. looks like the yellow shrimp plant, but they're beautiful blooms. And this bloom is not even. It'll this bloom will probably be about four inches high. Now that's perennial too. Yes. That's well, a very it'll go pretty down to twenty. Plant. Well, and you don't see many plants that color. It's it's really yeah. It is, is um, and it's and it's not just one shade. Right. So right. Is that variegation. It has, is it has that what you, well, it has little all kinds of little different colors in it. It has some white and some um, yeah. darker pink. It on here it says the flower plumes are six inches long. So and that's what type of plant again? It's a shrimp. It's like a pink shrimp. It's a Justica carnia. Um, and and where would we plant this, and how big does it get? I would treat it more like an annual is what I would do. In the in Florida, it gets to be like a uh, shrub, a small shrub. But around here, it we don't have the heat long enough. Well, I say we don't. So is it an annual here? I would say yes. Okay. I mean, it. It plainly says it'll take it down to 20 degrees, but I would I would well, treat it as an annual. It wouldn't have made it through our Christmas right last year. Rufus, have you do you have any of these? Have you grown any? Well, of I'm I'm here looking at that beautiful form of that begonia, even even with no blooms on it right now. It is absolutely gorgeous. Oh, that and, yeah. And I'm, yes, and I'm, it, I'm going to uh, go down next week and and visit Phil and, and get some milkweed. I, that's something I've forgotten about. Yes, I need to get that, milkweed. everybody's buying milkweed right now. And the reason they're buying it is why? Because the butterflies are just starting to come out. I haven't really seen that many. It's a host many, for It's a host the for the, yes, yes. And I haven't seen that many butterflies this year, so I'm yeah. a little discouraged about that. Yeah. I've only we had a lot, seen we had a lot, fairly amount, fair amount last year, didn't we? We did, but I've only seen about three or four of the yellow swallowtails, and I saw a black one. Um, that was the neatest thing. I walked in one Saturday morning to the office, and uh, one of the one of our uh, caterpillars last fall had gotten out of the little trap we had it in, and I'd be doggone if it didn't go back behind somewhere and attach itself. I walked in the office that morning, and there was the black swallowtail butterfly. Wow! That had, and it was such a pleasant surprise. So um, it was, it was great. Congressman Bob Etheridge. Congressman Bob uh, Etheridge. Good morning, my friend. You know Phil Campbell. Hey, how are you doing? 
Mike. Great seeing you, Congressman. Doing well. Yes, sir. You all right? Good to see you. Come on. That's, that's Nate Saunders there, Congressman. Yeah. Uh, there, Bob. Yeah, come over here and put on your old radio guy. You, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, you're tall enough you can block it away from me. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Can you hear yourself? Yes, yeah, okay. good morning. Good. Thank you. Good morning, and, and thank you very much for for coming by you don't live too far away are you gotten uh are, are you you don't have time to do much farming i guess your family farms but uh my son does and i go out matter of fact uh, i come on head out here in a few minutes i'm gonna go get my bar his little gator put me a tank on the back of it mix me up a little roundup and a little weed killer and spray around my fences oh uh, wow yeah. okay well everybody's busy this morning there's never any downtime on a farm well, no, and, you know, I would, I've been, as Rufus was saying earlier, we were talking, I uh, get out across the state a bit with my job as I travel the state, meet with farmers and farm groups, and I was down east uh, on Tuesday, down in Roper, Rufus, all the way down east. That's Oh, my goodness, yeah. You're down the corner of Washington County, and it's dry. Yeah. It's really yeah. quite dry across the state. We're going through a dry spell, and it's been a cool, dry spring. spring. For our gardeners as well as for our farmers and crops are a bit behind uh, many of the folks are a little late getting the grain in and now it's warming up and the ground's dry yeah. but yes I've, and then yesterday i was all the way up in northampton almost in virginia northampton county and next week i go west so i get a chance to bike travel the state it's just a great opportunity to see the people who till the soil and make a difference farm services agency uh helps farmers a great deal uh, it, it really does state. and and really the biden administration to their credit has really stepped up during the pandemic uh a lot of funds have flow uh have been allocated by congress to the farmers because if you remember during the COVID period as we remember a lot of the supply lines really went down. Yeah. And they have uh, reached out and put money up to actually start new slaughtering houses, mm-hmm. small slaughtering houses. We really found out that the consolidation of, of all of our uh, big production really had an impact on getting stuff on the, food, at the counters and the food store. We tend to forget that two years ago, we had shelves in some of our grocery stores that were somewhat slim, and you That's couldn't right. find meats unless you went to a slaughterhouse. So they put dollars in to start those things. And that's probably when you think of a place, place like J.E. Wamos, you got a all-service hardware store <laughs> with, you know, from seed to feed to flowers to plants, things to plant. overwhelming. And I have to come here. You know, one thing is different when you come to a place like this is when you show up, you've got somebody to help you. When you want to get something. That's right. If I want to buy one bolt for a piece of equipment I'm working on on the farm, I don't have to buy a whole package. That's right. Ah, amen. And you understand that, Rufus. <clears throat> if you're working on your fence over with yep. your horses, <laughs> you want a few nails, you don't want five pounds. That's right. That's right. <laughs> And the only thing he's Bob. studying is eating nabs right yeah, now. Yeah, I've had my breakfast soup. Well, that's all right. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I had a fellow walk up to me the other day. He wasn't from North Carolina. He said, well, you're not much of a tobacco state anymore. I said, whoa, now let's let's just wait a minute. 
We still have considerable tobacco grown in we North do. Carolina, correct? Yeah, just drive We around. absolutely do. We grow, uh, fewer people grow, but more more tobacco is grown today probably has been grown a long time. What? And the, the bulk of it goes offshore. And of course, we're not, you don't have, we don't have the acreage allotment like we used to have. No. I remember back up in the mountains, if you if you had a half an acre allotment in, in Watauga County, you were big time. In Burley tobacco. Yes. In, in Burley, yeah. And the difference in that, as you know, Rufus, in Burley, that is a lot of work. It is. You got to handle that tobacco several times. And oh, yeah. I was, I was over in uh, Kentucky three weeks ago on a farm, and, and they grow some Burley. Hard to believe somebody would be growing 40 and 50 acres of Burley tobacco. Uh, unbelievable. But today they've consolidated it. They've changed it. But it's not where almost every farm in the mountains of North Carolina had Burley on it 20, 30 years ago. Correct. I bet there's not 10,000 pounds of Burley tobacco grown in North Carolina now. Right. It's just moved when they've changed the programs. They just quit growing. And it changed lifestyles, and a lot of that's changed because if you go through the mountains today of North Carolina, it's like it is here. You know, where everybody farmed. If you look at look at agriculture in 1863, when uh, Abraham Lincoln created the Department of Agriculture, over half the people in the United States lived on a farm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they went to every little small town and bought groceries, and they brought supplies. Well, when all these farms started consolidating, as you know, Mike, a lot of these small towns have sort of become pass-through places. That's right. And that's, that's sort right. of what happened. When the small farms went away, small towns went with them. And North Carolina has seen a lot of, man, a lot of economic growth and dynamics with businesses moving in or expanding businesses. And if you live in the Research Triangle or the, or the Metroplex uh, near Charlotte or the Triad up near Greensboro or down in Wilmington, you don't really see that unless you drive through. But, boy, if you get off some of these back roads, you see a lot of agriculture, and, and well, it's still, it's still the number one industry in North in, Carolina. In North it Carolina, is. absolutely, and, almost, and, almost a hundred billion dollars per year. Wow, it is the largest the industry. Agro business, yeah. yes, just yes. amazing. Well, Congressman, I, we're so honored that you came by. Um, I know you're busy. Um, it's great being with you. It's great being with Thank you. Thank y'all for coming to Lillington. We are, we are honored to it's be fun. here. It was at, a good uh, trip. And uh, we think about uh, Senator Morgan, uh, yes. who was a, a fixture in this community and throughout the state, and uh, and also about you. So. Well, thank you. I, speaking of Senator Morgan, I had the great privilege with our Rotary Club on Thursday night. His daughter now, Mary, and her husband live in the home place over oh, wow. in Bush Creek. About so that? we went over to their home on Thursday night and had our annual picnic right on the river. He has a home right there on the Cape Fear. Wonderful. Beautiful place. Yeah. Good friend of all of us is Robert Morgan was a great North Carolinian. Great state. As is my good friend Rufus Evans. Yeah, yeah, he's he's on he's up a there. Fixture. He's on up there. He's a fixture. Thank you for letting me Thank join you, you so this morning. Much, uh, great to have you all in Lillington. It's wonderful, Thank wonderful to be by. here and thanks I'm, for the work. I'm gonna you go do. in and make a few purchases uh, this morning. I now. believe I will this morning too. Bob Etheridge, State Executive Director of Farm Services Agency. We'll be back, uh, 919-860-9783. We're at J.E. Wumble and Sons in Lillington. Very easy to, to find here uh, on 401. And uh, come on and join us.
919-860-9783. If you like to call us, we've got some interesting plants out here and some magazines of the WPTF Weekend Garden and the latest issue also. WPTF time is 831. Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF with the Weekend Gardener. Mike Rayleigh here. We're at J.E. Wumble and Son in Lillington for the WPTF Weekend Gardener. Rufus and I are sitting here, Nate Saunders, and uh, Phil's gone. Congressman's gone. They're inside shopping. You right. get into J.E. Wumble, and, and you're not going to be able to come out for a while. Yeah. She just went in to get some water, but I'm sure she's going to find some some stuff in there they have a great collection if you like old knives the old pocket knives or jackknife they have uh they have some really nice ones in there if you're a collector i'm sure there's some is it old hickory or that makes them i don't know what's the that's a good that's a good brand yeah i mean there there are a lot of different uh uh, brands now. A lot of people, they're real collector items, but they, they have a case of them in there. They're just beautiful. But they have about everything else too at J.E. Wombo, including supplies for gardening. They have the steel products that uh, everybody loves, and steel has ventured into the battery-operated rechargeable, and so their gas products are made so well, you know that they're electric and uh, battery-powered stuff is, too. And, you know, the battery-powered things are are, are so <laughs> convenient. The blowers, the trimmers, all of that stuff. So what is that you got there, Rufus? Oh, I got a peanut log. Uh, oh. well, happy days are here again. Here, happy days. Uh, it doesn't take much. I sure. Yeah. <laughs> it really doesn't. Well, I sort of overslept Great. on you guys last night. I'd... Uh, I mentioned last it week. It was not a school night, was it? No, it, it wasn't. It was a school <laughs> night, which is normally on Friday night. And we're celebrating the the 50th year of the Irvin Watergate hearings, which had such an impact on America. So they started in May? They started in May of, of 73. Of 50, 50 years ago. Yeah. And and there we were contemplating the, the North Carolina bunch uh, and a couple other folks. We have a. Uh, a man that loves North Carolina so much, he comes down from Canada every year to be with us, uh, Stephen Leopold. And we celebrated last night. Uh, I almost overslept this morning, but I'm not going to go any further with any so, activities last night. So you're but, all right. You're not going to doze yeah, off on us. Yeah, except to say that this is a very significant event, and North Carolina played a heck of a role in it. Uh, when you think about the Watergate hearings, they, they got America in tune with something is wrong here, and you can't have one branch of the government taking all the power. Uh, you have to keep a, a balance of powers to have democracy going, and the Watergate hearing showed that, that Nixon had gone way, way beyond uh, running the executive branch of the government. And so we're very proud to celebrate that and, and to have North Carolina as a part, and I'm proud of my part in it. And we have a balance of power here, and uh, I'm uh, the ruling judge right now, and I say that uh, we uh, we take a call. Is there, Jason, is there a call, or did I miss it? <laughs> there is. We have Paul from Wendell. Oh, yeah, okay. Paul, how are you? I'm doing fine, fellas. How's so you're you? overruled, Rufus. 
Oh, I want to hear from Paul. Uh, How are you? Yeah, what's what's going on? How's your garden? Uh, well, tomatoes are doing pretty good. I've got something attacking my peppers, and I finally found this little itty bitty worm on there. Um, and they just seem to be eating like crazy. And I uh, I sprayed some seven liquid on them the other morning. Uh, when it was going to be dry for a, a while, and before any of the pollinators were out flying around, um, I was going to put some BT on it, and I wondered what y'all thought about that. I think that's an excellent idea. Yeah, that's uh, that's it's more safe. of what I was thinking rather than seven because of yes. the bees. Well, and it's yeah. safe for um, for eating as well. I mean, like. It's safe for human consumption. BT has been cleared to be put on vegetables. Yeah. So yeah. I think so that's a I think that's just a just great follow idea. the directions. Mm-hmm. But that well, that is that was my question because it doesn't say anything about timing. It just says to spray them completely. Is that a it's not generally the same thing as watering early in the morning, late in the afternoon, okay. or anything different from that, Phil? I, yes, and I what I. What I've had to do, we've only used it one time on some peppers. I know exactly what kind of little worm you're talking about. Uh, we used it one time uh, last year, and we only had to use it one time. So it's usually it'll take care of things for you. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Paul, thank you very much for oh. calling. By the way, what kind of peppers are you talking about? Sweet peppers? Uh, bell, bell peppers? Well, I got some cayenne, some Tabasco. Oh, oh okay. Oh, Hot good. Peppers. Uh, my, my Tabasco peppers have had a hard time getting to start growing, and they normally, uh, the, the, I, I love Tabasco because my, my brother-in-law, Judge Harris, uh, does knock off tobacco, uh, Tabasco sauce, but when, when I put plants in, they normally don't mature until about the first frost. Is that your, okay. is that, is that your uh, knowledge with Tabasco pepper? I- I've never grown them before, so it's a new thing for me. Yeah. Well, hot peppers have a tough time growing, and when it's cool, and I yeah. mean, we've had fifty degree nights. Yeah, they so they haven't moved. It's been They've tough. They've just not budged. Yeah, the, I mean, they're just—it's really weird. It's yeah. one of those things I love to watch because, like, the green peppers, the sweet peppers do fine, and then but the hot peppers—the right. hotter it is, the more they grow, and yeah. Is, uh, okay. Well, that, really that's been weird. the problem. Now, by the way, now, Paul, when when those uh, Tabasco peppers mature, they'll they will stand upright, and it'll it'll make a pretty a pretty plant. Oh, cool! All right, the, I'm looking forward to it. But the peppers just stick straight up in the air. See, huh. Bob. You too. And I can tell you that the um, you were talking about the steel battery powered equipment. I've just about replaced all of my gas stuff with steel uh, battery, and I love it. Yeah, they they know how to make them. They uh, most of, of of what they make is, uh, I'm sure they do some sourcing, but most of it's made up there in the Tidewater region of Virginia, and it's uh, it's made made well. Yeah, the chainsaws are great. The blower's great. I have a telescoping limbing saw that is one of the best pieces of equipment I've ever bought. Oh, oh wow. yeah, those are great. How about that? Yeah. Do you have any problem with uh, battery, enough battery to, on, on a trimmer? That's what I've, I'm thinking of next, and I'm wondering 
I've got a pretty big place, about two and a half acres. It depends on the size of the battery. Yeah. So just um, make sure you buy one that has enough amps. Okay, yeah, so different size like batteries, AK, yeah. An AK-30 is, is really good for the um, for the string trimmer, and mine lasts quite a while. Yeah. Well, Rufus, of course, anyway. they sell all of that here, and, and you can ask. I think somebody from... Uh, who works for the steel products is going to be yeah. on, so you can ask them about yeah. that. But it, it does. I know I was uh, hearing about the uh, the vehicles now that are being made, uh, the, the SUVs particularly, and how heavy they are. Like the Hummer battery, it weighs 3,000 pounds. <laughs> so I mean, that's the size of a that's Toyota huge. Corolla, the weight. So... It, but the bigger batteries, that's what you're looking for if you want something that's going to last between charges. Yeah. So All right. Paul, have a great th- day, everybody. Thank you, buddy. Bye bye. Thanks so much. Bye. So, I mean, there, there are a lot of lot of variables. You may want something that's lighter weight, so you're going to have to have a smaller battery, and it's going to it's not going to run quite as long. But uh, and it may not be it for a blower, for instance. It may not have uh, the miles per hour. Uh, the horsepower, I mean, uh, the, you know, it may not blow as, as much as you want, depending on the battery. So uh, some of the things you need to, to take into account, and I'm sure the folks here at, at J.E. Wumble's, um, Wumble and Sons, can explain that better than I. 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. More of the Weekend Gardener coming up. 919-860-9783. It's 848. You're listening to the longest-running gardening show on the radio. It's the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. All right. Hey, we're back. Right, you know, it is... E- you couldn't have a prettier summer morning. It is gorgeous out here. Just a little bit of breeze. Yeah, it's a nice breeze I coming mean, I know from we got a the fan, but there's, a, there's still east. a breeze. <laughs> yeah. Coming from the east. <laughs> yeah, there is a fan, but uh, it's still Yeah, it's, it's nice. Still a little bit of breeze out there and Are you feeling the fan, Nate? I'm good. Yeah, it's it's not bad out we here. We can turn it up. I'm good. But uh, the sun sun's almost out of the way there in the east and uh we're sitting out here at je womble and sons outside they were nice enough to provide us with a tent you know this tent is really a nice tent it's heavy duty we get tents to take to the ball games and they're just like um you know they're they're easy to tear up this tent is going to withstand about anything it has a backdrop that's (laughs) a beautiful landscape i know i i wouldn't mind having one of these at the nursery to ha- when we have special times, this is really nice. I'm impressed. Did he say it was somebody in Fuquay? He did. Um, I can't remember. Can't, I can't remember we'll, the name. They'll, I'm we'll, sure they'll remind. We'll figure look it out. They'll remind Nate, us. Nate will figure it out. King yeah. Canopy. King. King. I thought King it was King, but I was it. thinking I might be King King's Canopy Auto. In, yeah. in Fuquay Varina, and so I guess you are going to have to do some business with them. I will because this is really nice. It's not something you throw in the back of your car and take to the ball game, but it's great for the nursery. Steve is in Garner. Steve, good morning. We were admiring day, uh, patches of daylilies here and there as we were coming down 401. They were well, gorgeous. Well, I have a whole big patch. <laughs> I bet you do. 
Yeah, yesterday we had over 300 booming. Today we've got 276. Hmm. So we're floating around our peak right now. That's so great. The, the, the garden, the, the nice thing about daylilies is the palette changes every day. So it's that is. A new show that is. Every day. Uh, it's, it's, you know, there, uh, there's um, daylilies, obviously, or daylilies, but still. You know they have they have more than one bloom on the stalk and and uh, you know if you accumulate some different varieties you can you can have make yourself a, a gorgeous area. Do you have yeah. uh, do you also have wildflowers in your landscape? Oh, I have, we have coneflowers. We have uh, azaleas. We I mean I have it's a mixed it's a mixed garden. I have hanokis, I have a pear tree, I have blueberries, uh, I have a fig tree that is just hanging full. Uh, yeah, if it weren't for the squirrels, we'd probably get a couple. Um, Rufus's uh, Rose of Sharon is doing great. Oh, good. I, I noticed they're just blooming. And I, yeah, I wanted to ask uh, you sometimes, has, Steve. Uh, do you, I think doubled in size since last year. So it, is it the uh, one with the white with the uh, with the white with the red center? I'm not sure. It hasn't bloomed yet. It's the one you had at the uh, one of the remotes. Right. It was yeah. a freebie that you were giving away. Yeah. Uh, yes. One thing I did notice uh, that I that I want to pass along to everybody. I use the uh, I must garden deer spray. And it does work. It does help. Um, there is, uh, it's amazing. You walk around out there, you can actually see where they have bit off and spit out the bloom. Um, mm. The thing that you got to do, though, because daylilies are mid or early, mid, and late uh, scapers, you have to be diligent about spraying the new buds as they're, as they're coming out. Because if you don't get out there and spray the new stuff, that's what the deer will go after. So um, I have been going out just about every day and spraying the new, uh, the new, the new uh, growth as it's coming out. Right. Well, well that's, uh, that, that's a, a great, great point. And Phil sells it and uses it. And uh, hey, hey, sweetheart. So uh, hey there. there's so many uh, there's so many uses for the Imos Garden products. Yeah, and I was going to tell Steve that's why I like the granular, is because you can put it out from the plants, and then they don't go in where the plants are located. Hmm. So you kind of go out from the plant and start in a, towards your plants. Right. And then they don't. They won't. They won't even walk there. Yeah. So that's. I haven't tried the granular yet, so I may have. To well, that's that. far to me. It's far better than the liquid, okay. because it doesn't wash away as easily either. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I'll be moving some stuff today. Uh, we are open. We are open for tours. We're not going anywhere today. So if, if somebody wants to come and tour our garden it's uh, available uh you can find our address on the uh a on the raleigh daylily club website if you type in raleigh daylily club uh, 
into Google or Bing or whatever search engine you use, um, it'll come up. You open the website, and there's a tab called Display Garden. My garden is called Just One More. I am in Garner, and my address and phone number are there, so if you want to make sure we're here for the tour, call, and uh, we'll, we'll uh, anticipate your Very good. arrival. All right. Uh, we appreciate you calling, Steve. we got to head to the news. Okay. Well, thank you for letting me Thank talk. you, buddy. Thanks for giving us our daylily report. Here on WPTF, we're at uh, J.E. Wumble and Sons Incorporated in Lillington. We're going to talk a little gardening uh, here, uh, some of the products that they sell, coming up after the news here on WPTF.